Collegiate Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Welcome to an Elegant Weapon episode 249. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay the Jedi, Ross, Ross Jedi, Jay, and of course, as always, it's so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the L5J Studios. Joining me this week to talk a whole bunch of fun, silly nonsense, he's the host, or one of the hosts, one of the co-hosts of all things good and nerdy on the GunnaGeek.com network. His name is Anthony Bachman. Hello, people. Uh, Anthony is also a fellow POI member, as well joining us tonight, uh, another POI fellow member, uh, fellow, fine fellows of, uh, what was it, the fellows of the caribou or whatever, on Flintstones, <laughs> wasn't it like I, the fellows, was, something yeah. fellows and they wore their, or was the Moose Lodge, wasn't it, the Moose Lodge, anyways, uh, Francis Fernandez, <laughs> hey, How's it going? <laughs> uh, thanks for hanging out with me today, guys. We have so much cool, amazing, awesome stuff to chat about. Uh, beginning with the fact that not hours ago, ladies and gentlemen, it has been revealed unto us our 13th Doctor Who, Jody Whittaker. Um, I'm very excited about this. It was... Yay! Yay! Uh, it was kind of... Expected, even though nobody really knows until the end. There were too many on-the-nose hints that have been dropped in the show lately, uh, right. or over this whole season, that we were going to get a time lady. And we were going to get our first female doctor, and this is not a super new idea. This was something that was hinted at by the fourth doctor many, many years ago, that mm-hmm. uh, a certain other time lord could possibly return as a woman as well. So it goes all the way back to the fourth doctor. It goes all the way. This idea, I think it was the fourth doctor was the very pr- first person. They were talking about uh, a different time lord's regeneration, and he mentioned that that person can possibly come back as a woman, say. Nice. Yeah, and so it's not been a crazy idea, you know. And, uh, you know, obviously it's it, – it's – most people I've seen, 99% of people are very, very excited about this. Um, I've actually seen one or two people who have gone with the whole uh, messing with an institution thing. Like, not necessarily that the doctor's a woman, but the doctor's a doctor. Just like, you know, James Bond is a white man. He should be a white man. Just mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I want Idris Elba to play both, so fuck those people. Totally. But here's the thing. <laughs> We're dealing with a very, very specific... Like, you know, IP here that is made for this kind of situation. Doctor Who, unwittingly, having given itself the ability back in the day to regenerate and be able to recast this role, 
as intentional as that move was, what came from it was not necessarily super intended, but wonderful. And that's things like, you know, being able to explore not just time and space, but gender and humanity and these type of things, right? So they've messed with these ideas for a long time. We've also already seen, uh, you know, we saw the, uh, the general just recently regenerate into a black woman. And then the black woman referred to the fact that she is back to being a woman and was happy about that. Right. So it's silly to, you can't, I don't think that argument is very valid when it comes to Dr. Who. I think Dr. Who it's, you know, by far time that this could happen and they didn't mess with something. Like, this wasn't something where they had to mess with anything to make him a woman, right? What do you mean, mess with anything? Like, they didn't have to change any kind of... can't. Like, okay, say we did cast Idris Elba as James Bond. Right. You are, you are changing the character because as a human being, you know, being white or brown or black, that's part of your identity. It's part yeah. of, you know, it's part of who you are. So, you know, that would kind of be changing the idea of who james bond is he would have a whole different you know outlook on life had james bond grown up a black man right yeah right yeah i see what you're saying this doesn't talk about where they were saying uh donald glover shouldn't play miles morales donald glover should play peter parker spider-man it's like well that's a different character then yes that's changing the whole outlook of that character's outlook on their you know universe that they live in whereas this doesn't this changes nothing. You know, this is still the same personality we're going to get, which is what's very cool. We're going to get a female doctor referring to her wife, you know, referring to being crotch- a crotchety old man. And that's going to make for, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's going to make for yeah. hilarity, I think. What do you guys yeah. think? It's going to be a woman, but it's still going to be a madman with a box. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> mad, mad person with a box, for yeah. sure. There you go. Uh, Yeah, look, I mean, it's... It's in the cards for for this show. I, they, again, you're right. They've been hinting at it all season long that uh, a woman taking the role of the doctor was going to be inevitable. I mean, we had Missy as the master uh, up until that this past season. The, the master has always been a guy. Um, as for the people who are upset, I I kind of I kind of get where they're coming from as well in the sense of well, you have fifty some years of this is who you have. People get comfortable in that in that skin, you know, like they're comfortable with their doctor being male every single time. That's what they, they have learned to expect. You know, they probably would have been perfectly fine if he was of another race. You know, they would have been like, Oh, well he's still male. But that's, Oh, it would have been a different group complaining. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a silly argument in the way that look at the men you've had, look at the 12 men. Mm -hmm. You could probably not put together a list of more 12, more different individuals than the guys who all made up the doctors. You got all ages, all types. You got grumpy, you got happy, you got, you know, you got like Metro, you know, you've got like, you've got got it all. So, you know, the fact that they all have a cock shouldn't change anything. (laughs) No, of course not. But again, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here and say that, you know, for a lot of these, a lot of these uh, fans, a lot of these viewers uh, who have at least, even for the last 10 years have been watching this show, the MO has always been, here is the doctor. The doctor is synonymous with male. Well, they're and, missing uh, the point of the show then. 
they are. Well, yeah. sure. I'm sorry. I'm not the devil. No. I'm casting you out, devil, out of out 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 of my house. None of that. Yeah. Uh, no advocates allowed in this church because I think that severely goes against everything that Doctor Who has always stood for, which is inclusion and diversion and freedom, sure. and humanity. Sure. And, you know. Well, I feel like they've done that through the companions. You know, a lot of the companions have been fairly diverse over time, and. Again, the one last thing that I know will be uh, is very controversial is they feel that the, a lot of the fans that are, and again, it's a small number. You're right; it's a very small population who are very upset with this. But some of those people believe it's a political move, and I guess it is. I mean, I don't really know, but some people feel that's the reason why there was a pressure from a particular t- a group of people to make the doctor female, and therefore it was a political move to make her to make the doctor female. Is that necessarily a bad thing, though? Like, not all political moves are bad. The times are changing, and when something yeah. addresses the fact that there is a voice and a call for change, and it's mm-hmm. something that would benefit society, so it's something that is moving us forward. It's evolving us as a culture is something that is I don't look at as a bad thing. Like what even when you use the word political, it can kind of give it this connotation in a way. But I, I don't I don't see. It. I think it's absolutely a political move. I think they're absolutely being like, yeah, you're all right. I think they just happen to be agreeing with that political movement and saying, sure, there's been 13 dudes, 50 years. Let's go with a chick. You're all right. Absolutely. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you're right, but I don't yeah. think it's a bad thing. No, I'm not, I'm just saying, and you know, this is what people are pointing out. Personally, for me, the only thing I'm happy about is that Moffat is gone. <laughs> yeah, see, and we talked about that on ATGN this morning because of Moffat's treatment of female characters. That was one of the reasons that Naki was not a fan of the show. She dislikes him as a writer. And she said now with a new female doctor and Moffat gone, she's ready to jump back on the show. Well, here's so the- for all, all the sexists that are leaving – there's going to be 10 little girls that are hopping on that show now excited as hell to see a new female doctor. I don't get the the Moffat female thing, though, as much because in in my mind, I, there's been some crazy ass, strongly written, strong stories given to some, you know, strong women. Like, look at Amelia Pond. She's everybody's favorite. River Song? Are you kidding? Like, they like Moffat's the one who gave him a or was it Moffat who wrote the library? I think I see. I don't know. See, I only got up to the start of Matt Smith, so I'm way behind. So, well, no, you'd have seen the library then, because the first time, uh, yeah, I think I saw the, the library. first time Riversong met River. was with David yeah. Tennant, right? Yeah, I so saw that. I'm not sure yeah. if Moffat wrote that or if Davies wrote that, but that's a bold move. Let's like give him like almost an equal. We don't ever see like you know, and she's not just like a wifey wife. She's totally, you know, far more adventurous yeah, his, his almost even, in a equal. way. So I don't know. I I really I I get that Moffat goes up and down. But I mean, Moffat gave us things like Amelia Pond and Rory, where we've never had two companions who were on the level of star of the show as the doctor as we did those two. Like that was a trio. That was the the you know, there was no companions who had more involvement in the storyline ever in the history of Doctor Who maybe sarah jane but i think that's more that she was just around the longest but you know this was this was their story this wasn't even a doctor's story this was more the story of amy and rory and that's something that moffat gave us that i'll always be forever grateful for you know because that the whole timeline of the river song and that whole you know the daughter twist and everything i thought that was brilliant like that was some quality writing you know to play angel's advocate 
Right. <laughs> yeah, see, I got to get caught up and watch all the end of that. But yeah, I mean, I've been seeing mostly on my my because yeah, Twitter has blown up this morning. And mostly, it's been good stuff that I'm seeing. One of my favorite ones you're talking about people that just can't like wrap their heads around it. There's a tweet from at Aberdonian Ratch. If you're fine with magically regenerating time traveling alien, but struggle with female, have a word with yourself. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's anyone that's put it better than that. Yeah, it's a time magically regenerating time traveling alien, and you can't deal with the fact that this time. It is a female. <laughs> I mean, come on. 100%. And it's man. sci-fi. It should talk to our politics. Oh, yeah. Good sci-fi tells us about our culture. Right. That's one of the things it's great for. You know, we want to, we would like, we would all, I mean, in general, I think as a race, humans would like to get to that Star Trek place. We would yeah. like to get to that place where we're about adventure and science. And it doesn't matter what color anybody is. Mm-hmm. You know, we, that's, that's the, that's the goal. You know, yeah. so sci-fi is good for that stuff. Absolutely. That's what it's, you know, its whole drive is in a way, or at least that's what we decided as humans to use it for is to try and dream of our the future we want, right? Or terrifying yeah. futures just to entertain us where giant robot sure. time-traveling <laughs> robots come back and kill us in the apocalypse or whatever. But <laughs> but just Doctor Who, like the whole idea of the Time Lord, like these are supposed to be the most evolved creatures in the universe, right? These are supposed to be the people who are far above, you know, and beyond gender and all the, the ideas of all those things, you know? So... I think it really throws that everything for a more exciting like re- like th- a more exciting wrench gets thrown into the cogs there because do you remember uh, earlier in the season when uh, the doctor took on Rassilon again back on Gallifrey and he was back at the bar and he drew this line in the sand yes yeah you remember that one um, no there was an old woman who was there at the barn and she knew it was him. Like somehow she recognized him. A lot of people actually speculated that her and a character in another show might have been the doctor's mother. Oh, wow. Okay. But here's maybe. the hmm. thing. Now we can look at it like maybe that was the doctor's father. You know what I mean? Like we could have some 15 year old blonde chick show up one day on the TARDIS and be like, hey, doc, it's me, dad. Like, <laughs> like this is, this is the, these are the, there are no boundaries when it comes to this at this point. If you can turn into any human being, what if your, you know, your old 80 year old Time Lord dad decides to regenerate into a 10 year old girl? Like, yeah. that can happen. That's, I, I love that, that just throws all the rules out the window, right? Sure. Um, uh, yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a, that's true. Um, I'm a little surprised she's young. Uh, ish. I mean, I would have yes, expected. Let's, let's talk about her actually herself. Now, uh, I know she was in Attack the Block, and I kind of remember her. But are you guys more familiar yeah, with her? She's that's where I got it because we everybody was talking about Broadchurch yeah. with her being co-host with Tenet, and there was and so we mentioned that on the show earlier this morning. But yeah, I was like, I never saw Broadchurch, and I just remember that she was brunette in that show. But I kept looking at the pictures of Jodie Whittaker and going, I know I remember her. What the hell do I remember from? So I checked her IMDb and yeah, Attack the Block. She's Sam. Oh. She was the lead character in Attack the Block, the movie that gave us Finn, right. freaking uh, John Boyega. Right. So yeah, I love that movie and she's fantastic in it. That's great. You know, um, I'm not surprised yep. they went young with her though because uh, that was one thing they were kind of talking about wanting to do, right? Yeah, I'm. You know, the the speculation was um, Helen Mirren for a while. <laughs> <to be> the... <laughs> well, Tilda oh, Swinton, there was so much Tilda Swinton buzz, yeah. 
If yeah. they could afford Helen Mirren, I think that would be pretty cool. But I think that'd be a pricey paycheck. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it'd be worth. It. It'd be so. Oh, worth it. it'd be worth it. But yeah, to get a, a season of hers, The Doctor. Sure. Uh, I don't know if BBC has that kind of money. She. <laughs> Ooh, <that's> a... <laughs> She's less quirkier than I thought they'd go with. Who, Jody? Yeah. Oh, we don't. I, I don't know how she. Maybe they'll make they'll play her off as quirky. Maybe they'll play her off as someone who's kind of like Matt Smith. You know. I was gonna say yeah, cu- uh, custard and fish sticks. Well, who, yeah. Who's the other guy they were gonna? The other guy who was a front runner, Chris something. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah. name. I apologize to him, but he would have. He seemed like he would have made one of those great quirky characterish doctors. So yeah. I, I wouldn't have minded if they had gone with that way. But then there was a couple other girls who they were gonna choose. And uh, I thought they were kind of quirky. But this, you know what? I Honestly, my first thought when I saw her and the hood came off was mm-hmm. uh, Peter Davidson. Oh. I got this I, young blondie vibe. Do you know what I mean? But that means angry. <laughs> that means angry doctor. That means... Uh, oh, yeah. She can be angry. World doctor. <laughs> oh, mad at the world doctor. <laughs> nice, nice. But I mean, you know how Tennant and and Tennant was, even though he was young, he was kind of a scallywag, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna go that way with her. I think she'll just, you know, I have a feeling they're gonna get away from the grump that they have, as much as that's awesome. Like Capaldi, I've just, you know, I absolutely adore everything Capaldi's done. He's my second favorite Doctor next to Smith, absolutely. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, she'll probably just be more fun loving. I'm guessing more just, you know, more innocent and adventurous in a way, you know? Maybe. Because they're going to have to play on the fact that, you know, I I see jokes coming like he'll get made fun of for the fact that this is his first time as a woman. Sure. Like I think most other Time Lords have probably come back and forth if they've been through that many generations. But, I mean, we're also on his second set, which is unprecedented in itself. So, (laughs) yeah. And there's also the fact that she's number 13, lucky or unlucky number 13. So I don't know. Like there's a there's a little superstition in here as well as how well this will do with a brand new writer, brand new everybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like that's the yeah, that's the other thing. We don't even know what kind of style they're going to go with on the show. Like she looks very cute in Capaldi's clothes. You think those are Capaldi's clothes? Oh, that is. Those are his clothes because that's going to be her going to the TARDIS for the first time after regenerating. I'm sure of it. Yeah, because you always get the change. Yeah. Like Tenet Tenet showed up in Eccleston's leather jacket and then had to change into his outfit. Yeah. But that's why she's got the hoodie and everything because he wears a hoodie with the jacket. And if you look at the boots, she's got his boots on, his his tidy English 80s new wave boots and Mm. and his skinny jeans. And, you know, so, (laughs) you know. And it was interesting how the TARDIS key appeared. Like, we've never seen it transport like that before. You know? I, I don't think – I mean, I think that's just the promo. I don't think that's what's actually going to happen. Maybe, but you don't know. I mean, you know, the promos have kind of been what we saw before. I mean, when they introduced John Hurt as the war doctor, the first time he just turns around and says, like, one thing, and they're like, duh, duh, John Hurt, duh, duh, as the doctor, duh, duh. <laughs> That was yeah, great. that's true. That was great. And then they started off right there. That was the scene where it went from, you know? So who knows? She's on a wooded planet. I'm sure that's going to have something to do with it. I'm sure that's her heading to the TARDIS after. Because I think this is my theory. Okay, here's my theory. Is, uh, right. Also, on the finale, we had the absolute brilliance of bringing back David Bradley to play 
Oh, number uh, one. To play, you know, the first Doctor. Yeah. And that's going to be... So basically, it's going to be an episode of self-exploration. You know what I mean? Like, his old self will help his new self cope with changing and blah, blah, blah. And then eventually, he'll decide it's the best thing to change. And then he'll have this, you know, glorious change, and there'll be some lighthearted story mixed into the whole thing. And then it's going to end with this bright, new, beautiful, blonde doctor going back to the TARDIS for the first time and everything. And I think that's what we're seeing there. So, and you know, and then to go off on her new adventures and such. Yeah, yeah. So really, now, the biggest questions for me are, how will the TARDIS change? What will be her out? Like, what is, I wonder if she's going to go quirky with her outfit for, as the doctor. Exactly. What's she going to wear? Yeah. Will yeah. she wear womenly clothes or will she be like tomboyish? Like, I don't think she'll go quite like Missy. I don't think she's going to be wearing Victorian garb like Missy. I know. I think that'd be kind of cool. You know, that's different. It, and it kind of harkens back to when, uh, for that one second, you know, uh, the Eleventh Doctor dressed up as kind of, uh, kind of old timey clothing. But that or whatever. was still more practical. Like Missy, she couldn't have wore that and been the star of a whole series and been running around saving the world. Like she didn't do a lot of physical activity, really, right? Yeah, but that's not the. You know, yeah. I think it'll be more cunning anyway. It'll be all a lot. You know, I mean, that's what the Doctor is anyway. It's not a lot of fighting and punching people it's all thoughtfulness well what if they go colin baker styles and put her in a whole bunch of like what if they go with like an 80s vibe and put her in all like neon colors and like <laughs> <laughs> 70s, some bell bottoms and like no, you're no, talking no. like leg, leg warmers and shoulder pads no like zumba pants and stuff <laughs> you know <laughs> she's got i, I think yeah, the show will get i think warmers, the show will man. finally be canceled if she shows up in zumba pants. I, I gotta say that oh. zumba pants show up they will uh, finally kill the doc big like fluorescent like pink you know thunderbolt <laughs> earrings or something yes. <laughs> with a headband the nice on uh i just don't think they should go too drab with it as much as i do love that too like i love smith's evolution especially what he wore at the end and hartnell and what Capaldi's had going on, a punk rock slash, you know, retro steampunk vibe thing, whatever. I think for the first time ever, I'm like, no, let's freshen it up a bit. I'm really digging this fresh feeling. I didn't think I'd be so into it, but Capaldi has done such a fantastic job, at least in my mind. I loved this season. Uh, yeah, I, I've loved his performance. I think he's been brilliant. So, yeah. you know, I don't... I oh, go ahead, Francis. I, I was just saying. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no, Cobaldi was great. This was probably the best, I think. It was a great way to end uh, his run as showrunner for the show. Um, but with her, I, I don't know, they have to be careful. I think they really actually have to be careful on how they kind of costume her up. Because um, they're now representing a new generation of fans will be coming in you know i keep seeing on on the twitters like my my you know 10 year old daughter will now be into doctor who or this that, and the other thing so they really have to be careful with the whole aesthetic and the whole kind of vibe of the show moving forward having never really had a female doctor like they they really need to they'll, they'll probably be a lot more of um a lot more gender issue type stuff coming up on the show, things like that, where they're going to have to really, the vibe will kind of, I feel the vibe will really change um, in essence. I don't want to see her Uh, running around in dresses is all. Oh, I think the dress is fine. I don't know. Like, do you mean like sundresses or you really want to see her like all, like she could be in a nice Victorian and shit. 
<laughs> you could still have like a nice skirt and you know, I mean, you could still dress it up in a way where she can run around perfectly fine. Look at Wonder Woman, you know, Wonder Woman. Yeah, like a Peggy Carter type thing. Uh, well, yeah, well, I guess. I mean, but like yeah. the, in the film, she dressed in a way that like was for perfectly utilitarian in the in the sense that she could still fight in it and still look elegant or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, this is true. This um, is true. Well, either way, uh, very exciting news. Uh, this yeah. also keeps open the fact that uh, I now the one big gift that I was given by the second set of regenerations is I have now twelve more times to have to wait to figure out who the fuck the Valeyard is. I thought it was oh right. Remember how we had a big debate about trying to figure this out because we didn't know a whole new set of regenerations was coming. No. <laughs> we had been talking about this before, and we were trying to – because I was like, they can't ignore the Valeyard. That's too big an issue. Like, no. I know it's old school. It's from way back in the day, but they can't ignore the Valeyard. For anybody who doesn't know out there, there's an old episode of Doctor Who, and Doctor's put on trial, and the person that prosecutes him, he's a guy called the Valeyard. He's a Time Lord. But it turns out that he is a future evil incarnation of the Doctor somewhere between his 12th and final regeneration. Yes. Yeah. right so that means now everyone it could even be her you know even this like jody oh. whitaker could change slowly and become like the evil Valeyard. but they they have to address it at some point in the history of the show and the only and the other thing that they don't have to address but my god i'd be happy if they brought jenny back <clears throat> oh the daughter the doctor's <laughs> daughter is out there flying mm. around a universe somewhere and you know <laughs> it'd be nice to hear from her again and see what happened in her adventures, yeah. right? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, well, a lot of a lot of loose threads still that need to be tied up. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, what's the guy's name? In fact, who's doing Doctor Who now? He's the Broadchurch guy, the new showrunner. Oh, uh, the new showrunner is Chinball, right? Chinball? Chris Chinball, yeah. I think that's his name. Something like that. Well, I'm I'm excited. I've never watched Broadchurch, but people love it, so. You know, I'm 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 all open for this. I couldn't care if it was a man or a woman. I think it is indeed cool that it is a woman. I think that it just opens up to a lot more fun and something new and fresh. But really, the cool thing about Doctor Who is it doesn't matter, kids. So don't listen to any of the haters out there. Don't even get involved because of all things, it's it with Doctor Who. It's the absolute silliest, silliest thing to be concerned with that kind of thing because. Just be happy you have a fifty-year-old show that's willing to change and willing to come, you know, change with the times and be diverse and inclusive. So uh, it's wonderful. It's unfortunate we got to wait all the way till fucking Christmas to uh, see what happens. <laughs> Even after that, because it's going to be Christmas, <clears throat> and then they're going to announce the new season like in spring. I'm more excited first <laughs> to see what happens with the with the doctors. I wanted like we've never had a doctor fight his regeneration like this. Like, sure, even Tenet was like, I don't want to go. And, you know, people were sad about it or whatever. But most of the doctors came to peace when it was time to change, if you watch all the old guys, right? They're lying there and they say something nice. And uh, they kind of went that way with Capaldi. It was like an old school doctor's death where he was like, I hope there'd be stars. Mm. And, uh, you know, but Tenet was like the closest. He was like, I don't want to go. But, but Capaldi's flat out like, I will not change. Like, you know, so... That in itself is a whole new regeneration. So they promised us a regeneration like we've never seen before. I don't know if that just means – I think there's more to that than it just being into a woman. 
maybe. I think so. I mean, the way he's been talking about this to be a regeneration like we've never seen before, unlike any before it. I don't. I think there's going to be more to that than just that he regenerates into a woman. I think there's more to it that makes it special, and it's just going to be cool. However, they work it out, you know. Well, maybe yeah. if he's fighting it, it takes longer, and there's actual stages to it. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't all happen at once. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. What if he? What if he pops around? What if like there's guest cameos? And he pops around, and it's like, oh, they could go crazy, <laughs> right? Couldn't they? I mean, I guess. I mean, again, you know, you're know, you mentioning Ted, and Ted technically did this. He had like three movies and uh, – or three specials and uh, – uh, yeah, three specials before he regenerated. Like he, he was – he took forever to regenerate into <laughs> But you into could ma- have like cameos. Like Matt Smith could come back, and they could have a talk like if they're in a dream TARDIS – type thingy you know it's well yeah because they did have the the gathering of 13 you know for for the day of the doctor so why not well apparently the day of the doctor is part of the plot of the christmas special this is like well people are wondering how did the first doctor know to be there (laughs) right Right. how did all the doctors know to meet up there is the big question and apparently this is going to explain how the doctor, at least the thirteenth or the twelfth and the first, knew to go save Gallifrey. So, mm-hmm. odds are, the more I'm thinking about it, is we're going to see Matt Smith and Dave Tennant, and at least from other angles, like maybe it's just like previous footage. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I would not be surprised to have like another thirteen Doctors moment of some sort where they all communicate, or you know, that'd be nice. And it's a missed opportunity <laughs> not putting Sean Pertwee in that costume and letting him act as father. <laughs> so we're gonna get we're we're gonna eventually get the fourteenth doctor who has to go around and give them all a note of when to show up. Totally, man. Oh, I love it. I love you, Doctor <laughs> Who. Thank you for not disappointing. All right. Now, uh the crazy thing is this is the biggest news of the weekend probably, and it just dropped, even though D twenty three is happening this weekend. Uh I believe that's happening out in your state there of the California IA, yes? Uh. Yes, yes, it is. And a lot of cool things got dropped. But the coolest of the coolest of the cool is a behind-the-scenes look at The Last Jedi. And I am unbelievably stoked for this movie. (laughs) It's like Force Awakens didn't even happen. That's how excited I am for this movie. If you watch this behind-the-scenes thing, have you guys both seen it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are things that are way beyond anything we've seen in Star Wars creatively at this point. Just the creatures and oh, yeah. and the places and the colors and the <laughs> ideas. I think this is going to take Star Wars to a whole new place. We're going to see things that we've only seen in the comic books. We're going to finally see in this movie. And I don't mean people, places, or things. I mean like force pulses. And, like, Luke, like, using a force blast to send 50 people flying in all directions. Do you know what I mean? Did they – I didn't think I saw that. (laughs) No, that 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 part's based on a few other things I've read. Like, uh, okay, here's a minor spoiler because I read read the crazy spoilers because I never – I just get – spoilers just get me excited because I've still not seen it till I actually see it, right? The only true spoiler to me is either, like, a big movie-killing surprise or having seen the damn thing. Or being shown mm. part of it. But uh, apparently there's a scene where the Knights of Ren attack Ray and Luke, and mm-hmm. Luke handles all of them in a split second. 
Oh, nice. So oh, that's going to be cool. I have a theory that it's a Force Pulse, which is a big thing from the comics, where they just suck in all the energy of the Force and then blast it out outwards. And I have a feeling Luke's going to pull that on the Knights of Ren. It's just one of my theories that I'm gathering from things I've read about things that might happen. But if you watch this thing, man, oh my god, just it looks unlike any Star Wars we've seen. And I'm unbelievably so excited for it, I can't even tell you. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot to look forward to. Um, I, I I think also for me, just seeing that again, it's the sad reminder about uh, Carrie Fisher, because, you know, she's... I mean, this is the her. This is her movie. Yes, no, no, that. no, 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 no. Put the sadness out of your head and experience this. Pretend she's alive till it's over. <laughs> okay, I'm not kidding, right. kids. Pretend she's alive till it's over because she deserves that. Yeah. She would want us to get so much joy out of this and so much happiness that she wouldn't want us dwelling on her death whatsoever. She's like, look, this is the last thing I did before I fucking croaked. So please enjoy it please fully soak it in so i don't think we should be sad at all i think we should be sad after enduring because we won't be able to help it you know right. we're gonna see her at the end of this movie we're gonna know it's her last time in star wars and it's gonna be very very sad so i don't want to deal with that sadness till i'm forced to and it's put in my face <laughs> well I, I think the sadness it's completely counter counteracted by the fact that she got to do force awakens yes she got to finish filming the last jedi she yeah. got to go out on top knowing how many millions of fans still love Princess Leia, General mm. Organa, yeah. freaking Carrie Fisher, the writer, the public person. She got to do, uh, you know, the, the last, um, the, the Star Wars celebration after, uh, I think it was Force Awakens. Yeah. Like all of that happened before we lost her. Right. I think that's the good part is that we didn't lose her three or four years ago prior to Force Awakens. And her going out and like nobody, you know, it not being such a big deal. And it is a big deal because, you know, we do care. The nerd population loves her, loves her characters, loves the work that she did. Yeah. And I think the fact that she got to feel all that love before we lost her is the important part. I think people forget about the sacrifice too. What she actually gave us in order to give us this little bit of last extra because she was obviously not in a great place in her life. She's an addict. She had all her issues that we're all aware of. And yeah. it, it must have been such a struggle for her to have to deal with the just the, the, the bigness of it all and the work and the travel and the attention and all of that must have been just madness for her. I'm sure she just wanted to sit home and drink tea with her dogs and smoke weed and pop a pill here and there. <laughs> You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm sure that was her ideal life. I don't think, you know, that she wanted to be back on top of it all again. I mean, that was probably an immense amount of pressure for her. And the fact that she went through that, and you know she did it for us. Like, oh, yeah. she did not need the money. She was doing all right. And, you know, she was dealing with her problems. Maybe she's probably at a happy enough place in life. And to basically give that all up. For us to have more Star Wars, to have more Leia, it's the ultimate sacrifice, man. You can't, you can't be appreciative of enough of that, you know. Like, sure, the work and blah blah blah, but what she sacrificed in her own life, probably, and the pressure she must have went through, I can't imagine, you know. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was, so yeah. 
<clears throat> so thanks, Princess. We really goddamn well appreciate that. And uh, it, it looks amazing. It looks like it's it's going to get... I'm going to get more Jedi than I ever thought I would. I was a little down about this whole trilogy thing, as you guys remember in the beginning, because, you know, <laughs> there's no more Jedi. There's no more this. All my Dark Horse stories got canceled out. Thankfully, they weren't just trying to placate us by saying we'd pick cherry pick and pick and choose from the expanded universe they actually went hardcore they were like no no guys for real look grand admiral thrawn right here oh hell yeah Yeah, hell yeah i think (laughs) so there used to be rumors i thought would be nonsense that i'm starting to believe could be possible like i think it's been shot down since but for a lot of time people thought that benicio del toro might be growing uh playing a grown-up ezra from rebels cartoon Oh, I mean, he's there. Yeah. <laughs> he's, that I could be kind of cool. Second. Yeah. You know, so so these kind of ideas, I mean, bringing Saw Gerrera into the movies from the Clone Wars cartoon is insane. Yeah. The fact that, that they're awesome. willing to do that shows how far they're willing to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you keep talking about the old comics, though. I'm still not going to be happy till I see a green bunny. That's all I'm saying. Dude, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it, at least the cameo. I don't know I how they Jax. not put him. I want yeah. Jax, man. How do they not put him in the background somewhere? Like, <laughs> totally has to be done, man. I'm totally with you on that. But I think there's going to be even more Easter eggs. You know, you know, it's yeah. it's it's the more I thought it was insane to think this as well in the beginning when I started hearing rumors about it. But they keep telling us it's going to be the biggest shock in like Star Wars history, other than the "I am your father" thing. Could Kylo Ren really come back to the light? I, I kind of hope not, because then who's the well? Snoke. Yeah, I guess you have Snoke as the big bad, sure. And you still got Snoke and Phasma and the rest of the First Order. Yeah, and there's no saying they couldn't introduce another villain. For sure. That's but I mean, Star Wars has routinely been stories of redemption. Yeah, and I could see I mean, that. We basically got six movies about the fall and the somewhat return of Anakin Skywalker. That's mm-hmm. basically six films. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I, yeah, the idea of, of Kylo, you know, having fought his light side to try to basically try to be evil and then gets brought back, I, I don't think it's out of the question. I don't think so yeah. at all. Yeah. But they've done it already with Darth Vader, you know. I mean, it's it's a it's a story we've seen. Exactly, be- though. What if his Force ghost comes back and helps convince his grandson that he's doing the wrong thing and needs to go to the other side? You know, and because well, good Anakin as a force ghost, we know is a good force ghost. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, it'd be more interesting if he actually fought it, fought the light side so much. I mean, I think it would actually be more interesting if it was the opposite. He never went back and just stayed evil. Maybe even gone more so as a result. But um, who knows? Like, do you guys is- remember the difference between A New Hope and Empire? Like it's almost like ten times the budget of a movie, right? Like, the, like the oh, yeah. watching the original different. unaltered Star Wars is like a serious indie movie, as genius as it you know looked and everything. And we didn't well, plus even you have to see, figure they had well, we didn't even had, what, see the Emperor to till Empire, oh, yeah? right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so you're right yeah. that they could absolutely introduce a new villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, plus, yeah, it's, I mean, we had they also had the you know, three to four years to work on special effects. They just invented 
for A New Hope. Exactly. You know? Yeah, right, I mean, right, they, right. They were coming up with that shit on set yeah. and going, well, how will we make this work? I don't know. Fucking figure it out. Yeah. And John Dykstra figured it out. And then they had a couple of years to prep and get ready for the next movie. So, yeah, there was a quantum leap in almost everything involved between those two films. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like this is the, the type of leap we're going to get storytelling-wise. Like, yeah, we're going to see two Jedi with lightsabers in their hands in this movie again. Looking forward like, to we it. haven't seen that in a while. Like, that's going to be cool. We're going to see the did Journal the... of the Wills, goddammit. Come on. Well, yeah. did the Ren have lightsabers? I don't know. Say again? Do you, do you happen to know if the Knights of Ren have lightsabers? It didn't look like it. We've never seen them. We saw yeah, them I, think like in that, I think in that flashback sequence they showed Kylo had a lightsaber, but the rest of them had rifles. Oh, if, I rem- if I remember correctly. Or at least, like, staffs, like, like Ray's kind of thing, you know? Or like... Yeah, because I, yeah, I don't think in that in that that flashback of like the fall of the Jedi school. I don't think it was a bunch of guys standing there with red lightsabers. Gaffy sticks and stuff, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I hope they go for it, man. I hope they're just like, look how we're going to flip everything on its fucking head, you know? Cause that would be, that'd be pretty cool to see at this point because it's hard for me to like, to, you know, reconciliate looking at the temples of the Jedi and where they got to, in the in the trilogy and of course they got you know whole ideas that became too arrogant and sure of themselves and everything but now it's so stripped down to where you know they're in stone huts on a little island you know with with ancient journals they don't have a whole jedi archives to go off of you know so well and see that's why i'm not scared of the phrase of luke saying the jedi must die I think he's saying the old ways of the Jedi must die, and they need to come up with something new for him and Ray. I think I, he believes, I like that. Uh, idea. I think he believes it at the time, and Ray convinces him otherwise. I, I thought I, this was could be the rumor was the Gray Jedi, wasn't it? Wasn't that the rumor that, that, was that this shot is? Down. Oh. They were like, no, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. If only. Yeah, there's too if much only. proper canon that you know the dark. <laughs> You gotta kick at the darkness till it bleeds daylight. You know, only the light can cover the dark. Only the dark. Only the light can uncover the darkness. Right? Like, there's a lot of these. Ideas. That's why I've never been down with the gray Jedi thing. It's like pick a pick a side, like you know. And I like how they addressed it. If you watched in Rebels when Kanan went and visited the Bindu, yeah. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what the Bindu is, he's this big creature of the Force, and he's very neutral. He's considered neutral within the Force, the balance between the light and the dark, and he tries to stay that way. He's like the fucking Sweden of space, right? Right. And uh, or Switzerland. Which one's neutral? Is it Switzerland? I don't know. And uh, and Kanan calls him out. He's like, look, you fucking coward. Stand up for fucking something. Like, what's your point if you're not going one way or the other, you know? And they have this whole back and forth. And eventually he shames him to the point where he comes and he fucking helps him out. And I'm of that mind. I'm like, fuck your grain. Like, well, I like it. This he, is also my outlook. The Bender created a storm that attacked the base. It didn't spare anybody individually. It just attacked the base. No, but it right. had the lightning flashes were attacking <laughs> specifically. Like those were lightning strikes specifically hitting those bad guys, right? Yeah, if I remember though correctly, they were also hitting the ghost on its way out. Either way, like yeah, it was a rough <laughs> escape, but the point was that he came to help. Do you know what I mean? I saw sure. a lot of other people talk about how Mace Windu was like, you know, he was you know so he was so close to touching the dark side that that's you know why. You know, he was mean or whatever. I look at it differently. I think he's just like, because I don't think aggression and anger are the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think being tough and impenetrable and like a Batman type way means that you're using the dark side. I think that Mace Windu was so fucking, he was such a badass warrior of the light that there was just no intimidating him. 
Like he was, su- he owned the dark side. He's like, no, you're my bitch. Like I fear you in no fucking way. Like that's how I looked at Mace Windu. I looked at him as this in like just uncompromising Jedi, like the Elliot Ness of Jedi. Like just no, there's no badness. Like fuck you, and I will be stronger than your darkness. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, how sure. I like to view it. So that's just my own personal outlook on it. You know, I think great yeah, Jedi, and I love the gray. I, I know. I think it's crazy. I think it's <laughs> copping out. Pick a side, brother. Choose a team. I think the gray is nature. Nature is neither good nor evil. Fucking tornadoes kill people. It just happens. Right. right, but that's not. That's right, though. That in particular, but the intent behind certain other things, right? It's not like the Jedi well, go see, around stopping storms or. Your intent slides, right? using the force, I think that's what makes you either good or dark. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Just like uh, Kate Skywalker in the future. I love the legacy stories. Someone that turned their back on the legacy of a Skywalker becomes a scoundrel and a pirate and a drug addict and uses dark side powers, but he's still a good guy. Right. I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's about There's intent, a lot not of chaos, necessarily choosing you know? a path. Not necessarily choosing a path of are you going to go left? You're going to go right. It's like, well, no, I'm going to make a decision based on the moment. But if I'm a good person at heart, then that makes you a light side user, whether or not you're using dark side powers. Right. So if you're a gray Jedi, you're kind of being a bad person sometimes because you're choosing yeah. to use the dark side. Yeah, because because people are human. <laughs> was, was no, awesome. Jedi have nope. no time to be human. No time for humanity when it comes to a Jedi. Well, see, and if the Jedi had let Anakin be a little more human and have a wife, then maybe he wouldn't have turned out to be such a whiny dick. Well, my only problem Darth is Vader. youth. Like, what are they stealing babies for? Like, you know, let them at least get to be like six and be like, <laughs> like join up like a soccer league or something and be like, okay, I'll try being a Jedi now. Like uh, the, the yeah the taken baby thing yeah I never I never <laughs> dug on that that was something I never quite understood like you know <laughs> you really should have a choice in the matter when you can't really do a goddamn thing for yourself but either way beautiful movie looks beautiful super super stoked for it can't wait for all the big big surprises and stuff um uh I've got a okay don't take this wrong. Okay, I promised my review. Uh-oh. I promised my Uh-oh. review of Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh jeez! Oh, I get to talk Spider-Man twice today. This and is awesome. It's not uh, bad. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. Now, my review. Oh, will listen not to be the as... DC boy paraphrasing. No, 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 no. no. It's okay. got nothing to do. Nothing to do with it. It could have been DC or Marvel in this case. I loved the movie. I enjoyed the movie. I very much, highly, highly entertained. But for me, it was a little too off. This is weird for me to say, too, because I complained so much about the Marvel formula. This was a little too far <laughs> off the Marvel formula. Like, I complain about seeing the Marvel formula, but it, it does work. I've never said it doesn't work. I just said I got sick of seeing yeah. it over and over for a few movies that were the same movie. But this was a, a little too funny for me, a little too high schooly for me. Um, I grew up as a McFarlane <laughs> Spidey lover, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I really loved The Amazing Spider-Man. I thought that was incredible. And so I liked this movie. I didn't absolutely super adore it because, I don't know, it was a little little too much. Oh, hey, guy, Hey, ho. Oh, hey, hey, guys. He was like the Marty McFly of the fucking MCU. <laughs> That's who he's supposed to be. No, he's not. Peter he's not Parker supposed to be sh- Andrew Garfield. He's not supposed to be six sure. feet tall and better looking I, than Flash. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> but he is, he's not like 
you know, like a goofball in a way. He's not like they made him younger than even he should have. Like even in the books, I don't think in high school, he, you know, he was still wearing a suit to school and he wasn't like a, you know, 15 year old, like baby boy. Like, I don't know. He was, a, well, he, yeah, he, he wasn't the original Ditko, but that's cause that's what teenagers wore in the sixties. Well, I hope he grows a little, I hope they keep it like every year's one year of high school. And then maybe eventually it goes on because, you know, they've well, supposedly that's what it's going to be. The next is supposed to be junior year followed by senior year is supposed to be the trilogy. Well, he's going to be the new linchpin of the phase four of the Marvel Universe. Like he's basically stepping in yeah. for Tony Stark. I had no idea Sony was going to let them go so far with his character, but he's the linchpin. Spider-Man yeah, is going to be. Kevin so- yeah, everything yeah. it fucking re- revolves. Yeah, around. Kevin Feige said the, the fifth film that he's contracted for will be Homecoming 2, whatever that ends up being called. And that will be the launch of phase four. Right. So that's interesting. I mean, I did like it. That's why I'm saying this isn't a bad review, but it was kind of meh. Like there was nothing too. I think it's new. Yeah, too young and too funny, and that that's that's your problem with Spider-Man. <laughs> He's the the problem with the previous two Spider-Man was they were both forty, and he wasn't quippy enough in the suit. Well, so the no. thing that everybody else loved about the movie is what you didn't like. Yeah, but uh, these are old people talking because I mean I hear a lot of people who are like forty and younger. Who talk about, you know, this funny high school kid Spider-Man. You didn't fucking ever know that funny high school kid <laughs> Spider-Man. That was in the goddamn 60s. And every yeah, see, iteration... I do because I went back and read those yeah, but Spider-Man you're a from special the 60s. kind of freak, Anthony, okay? <laughs> well, that's true. That's yeah, true. And you are a true connoisseur, so that's different. And I'm not talking about your general comic book fans, but even a lot of the comic book fans. We grew up with McFarlane. We grew up with Eric Larson. We grew up in a whole different era. We grew up watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends where he was far out of high school and he was off, you know, already working for the Daily Bugle and stuff. That's the Spider-Man we know who, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm not against see, what they did. I those just, fans should have kept reading when they came up with Ultimate Spider-Man and redid it because that's where most of the influence for these movies is coming. Exactly. It's from the this Bendis Ultimate Spider-Man run. This is true, which I never read the Ultimate Spider-Man. I know Tom Holland did base his Spider-Man a lot on that kid. So that's what I say. It was a good movie. It's a great movie, and I really enjoyed the movie, <laughs> but it was a movie that was longer than I felt it needed to be. Really? Just a little. Yeah. There was just a little bit longer than it, I felt it needed to be. And uh, I think it was lengthy, but it went from scene to scene so fast that I didn't like. It never felt long, but it is. It is a. It is a full, full, full movie. Right. It I, doesn't mean. I think yeah. I expected. I don't know. Maybe I think I'm rushing their Spider-Man, where they're holding back. I'm. A, I'm wanting Spider-Man to be that ultimate Marvel character that he is. Like, no one fucks with Spider-Man in the end when it comes see, down to that, it, right. That's I understand where you're coming from there because like the one problem I had being a Spider-Man fan, I've read almost every issue of Amazing. I own and have read every single issue of Ultimate Spider-Man that Bendis wrote. When you see Tony Stark and he says the line, "If you if you're nothing without the suit, you don't deserve it," that mm-hmm. bugs me because that's the type of line that Peter Parker gives to Tony Stark. Right. Because oh. Peter Parker has been Spider-Man longer than Tony Stark has been Iron Man. Right. Yeah. In the comics. Well, right. the suit so, kind of bugged me too, yeah. though. Really, I, it was a bit too much AI. Like, I, you yeah. know, I, I, yeah. I it, it just kind of lost. I lost the. It lost its glare for me after a bit. I was just like, 
Okay, yeah, with him having a suit lady, him having all the XX tech, it, it is a bit much, but I also see where it does fit in the MCU. Oh, totally. Like, it, 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 you know, it totally fits in the storyline and the overall storyline they're telling, and so that's why I can't be too mad about it. I am, but, I mean, there are aspects of it that, does, that definitely do not fit with the story that we've had of six years with the comic. Right. I liked when the suit went back on at the end, the old one, and he had to deal with it the way he'd have to deal with it. And, yeah, right. you know, to me, that was pure Spider-Man. I like some stuff in the suit, like the eyes and the certain things. But, I mean, it just went way too far with the training wheels. And then he unlocks it, and it's a fucking Iron Man suit of its own. It's like, whoa, <laughs> slow down a little. Like, the little bug popping off his chest, that that was a little too much for me. Oh, he has the drones. He has his spider He had spider tracers. He had little tiny spider tracers that he would toss. and they, Well, I think Francis you know. is talking all the way up to the superior Spider-Man where Doc Ock actually did make spider drones. I yeah. saw a great – that reminds me. I was watching Spider-Man yesterday, or it might have been Avengers. I don't know. It was one of the cartoons I was watching with my kid, and it must have been one of the newer ones because at the end, uh, they're looking at alternate uh, universes through like a screen or something. <laughs> and in one of them, it's, uh, it says Dr. Octopus is like saving whoever. So Dr. Octopus is the hero of that planet. And then Spider-Man yeah. says something along the lines of like, yeah, right. Like Dr. Octopus would ever be a good guy. <laughs> and it was a total nice. nod to Superior. Like it was so painfully obvious. It was really cool to see. You know what I mean? Okay. And speaking of which, you took Declan to see this, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So how did he like Homecoming? He loved it. He had a lot of fun with it. He very, very much enjoyed it. Um, he felt it was a little long, too, but he is only six. It's yeah. not like I took my 10-year-old boy. I think it was more for a little bit older than him. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he enjoyed it. Uh, he's not actually in a super big superhero phase right now. Um, he's really, really, really turning into a little gamer YouTuber kid. Like, all that oh. matters right now is Dan TDM <laughs> and Minecraft and Roblox and making YouTube videos. He's at, <laughs> The new thing is uh, Bendy and the Ink Machine. Have you heard of this? No. Nope. It's a new PC game, uh, and now I literally have to... Like, it's a PC game, so he's got to play it with the mouse and the arrows and stuff, and he absolutely can't stand it. So he's demanded that I go out and get him, like, a controller for the laptop, just like a, <laughs> just like a Xbox Styles one. So, But he's, yeah. this has become his life. Like, he's more into Star Wars than he is into superheroes right now. It's kind of a weird thing. Oh. Yeah. Well, not a shocker seeing who his dad is. Exactly. Yeah, well, you know, hey, hey, it took six, six years to come around. The kid never cared till he kind of started getting into Kylo Ren. That was what brought him around. Kylo Ren <laughs> is what brought the new kids in. I'm telling you. Like, everyone's like, oh, BB-8. No. Little boys fucking love Kylo Ren. They're, he is totally their Darth Vader. Like, 100%. My kid thinks he's just the fucking coolest, yeah. right? He's got Kylo Ren shoes and T-shirts and... He bought the costume and he runs around wearing it. He just totally loves Kylo Ren. So, nice. but yeah, so now I'm helping him. He wants me to make him a YouTube channel. So I'm actually going to have to like make one up for him now. And oh. it's cute though, because I set it up and he plays his video games and I put the little, I put the phone on and I tape the TV as he's playing Minecraft or whatever. And he's like totally ripping off all his heroes. So he's like, okay guys, welcome to the show guys. We're going to play some games today. We're going to play story mode. Okay guys, let's get into it. You know, he's like, if you got any comments, leave them in the comment section and stuff. And I'm thinking like, you don't even have 
a comment section. <laughs> In his head, he does. Yeah, totally. He's playing it. So I've got to actually hook this up for him now. He calls himself Mind Blocks. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's a mix of Minecraft and Roblox, his two favorite games. So I was like, so nice. what are you going to be? He's like, Mind Blocks. I was like, simple and effective. Very good. <laughs> that works. Yeah, so, you know. But speaking of superheroes, also revealed... What a perfect segue, fellas. No, oh, <laughs> uh, The Avengers cast on stage all together for oh, 23 Pretty stoked about this. It's such a tease that everyone saw a trailer, and all we can read are descriptions of it. I, oh, I don't I understand. they got to release it. Why put they it out and not release it? it? Don't they always release it? They're gonna re- they, The theory is they're going to release it at uh, San Diego. So we got to wait a week? How does this not leak over a week? How did nobody get footage of this? Because it's Disney. Disney. Nobody wants That's to fight Disney. Disney. <laughs> I guess so. No. You figure somebody went in there with Google glasses. Oh, no. Disney no. Disney knows how to shut that stuff down. Crazy. See, the only thing I thought was strange, because when we had the, the Star Wars celebration, like they were doing that stuff like day and date. Like They would show it live at the event, and then an hour later, it would show up on YouTube. Right. And so I was kind of hoping they were going to do that with D23. And yeah, it's. I mean, we right. haven't seen anything yet, so it's kind of strange. Well, they've probably figured the last Jedi back, like behind the scenes footage, was probably enough for one weekend, oh, right? So the, yeah, maybe it makes sense to wait a week. But you know, from the descriptions of the movie that I'm reading, it's going to be quite badass. Like, and I think we're yeah. going to see our heroes get quite fucked up. Well, and the fact that they're yeah they're doing the children of Thanos, and they give him the the evil guard from the secret the last Secret War. Which is a bunch of badasses. Like basically, it's four or five characters on level, almost on par with Thanos. So he has a team with him. It's not just Thanos they're going to be fighting. I just heard about a scene where Thanos grabs Thor by the head and he like crushes his head and throws him away like he's nothing. <laughs> wow. Well, oh jeez. Uh, what was I? I did love seeing um because Josh Brolin like if you're following his Instagram he is getting cable size like he's getting jacked right. But then you you put him up on that stage. And he's like six inches shorter than Black Panther. <laughs> is he like, really? Yeah, like Chadwick yeah, Boseman no, towers yeah. over yeah. Thanos. Yeah. And when you look at it that way, it's fucking hilarious. Well, apparently the whole Wakandan army <laughs> is going to be in the movie. And, oh, nice. And uh, okay. apparently there's a scene of uh, him running with the Wakandan army and Bucky's right next to him. Oh, jeez. So oh, I guess they okay. make up somehow for some reason. But apparently the trailer begins. There's a little bit of spoilers, but it's a trailer. So I'm not really spoiling anything unless you don't plan to ever watch commercials for the next fucking year. Um, <clears throat> uh, I guess it wakes up. It starts with the Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy flying through space. Yeah. Just being nice. the Guardians. And then they hit a body in space. And it turns out to be Thor. Yep. So. But yeah, people are saying there's no mention of Hulk. But they showed Thor, so they're wondering if they can't show Hulk because that would be a spoiler for what happens at the end of Thor Ragnarok. It would, I think it would be. Well, yeah. it kind of yeah. almost is. Like, why is Thor floating around space unconscious? Like, the movie can't end well too well for him, right? So yeah, apparently something bad happens. Yeah, but I guess they bring him on board, and he's like, "Who the hell are you guys?" And they're like, <laughs> "We're the Guardians of the Galaxy." And you know, they go back to Earth to help save everybody. So, but I guess it's cool. There's a scene where Doctor Strange is creating platforms uh, that Star Lord is running and jumping off of, shooting his laser guns. Oh, uh, all right. Apparently, nice. there's a scene where Captain America steps out from the shadows and he's got a big full beard and shit. And he's all like, "I'm fucking back, bitches." 
<laughs> that would be after Tony uses the burner phone. Nice, yeah, yeah. So, you know, very excited, very exciting. Can't wait. We're going to see that in at least a week. So I don't know what they've left for San Diego. Um, you know, I thought they'd hold the Doctor Who out until then, but I guess not. They are going to have uh, I a- think San Diego, we're going to get the first full Black Panther trailer. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Instead of a teaser, we'll get a full Black Panther trailer. Yeah, that definitely makes Probably sense. Justice, maybe some Justice League stuff. Oh, yes, Probably. I believe we are. I believe we're going to get some Justice League. I'm so excited for Justice League. Are you kidding? Give me more Justice League. Um, eh. What are you talking about? You should be particularly excited. Did you not love Wonder Woman? I did. They're going to Wonder Woman the shit out of this movie, especially after oh. it happened. Well, and they should. And I actually, I like Batfleck too. I love Jason Momoa as Aquaman. But have you seen the forty pounds of crap that Flash is wearing and calling armor? Yeah, but I'm holding that out. I'm gonna hold out on that till we see what happens. Uh, apparently, I, just, I, also, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for Ezra Miller. It's not his fault that there's a much better Barry Allen on TV. He has. That's not his fault. You can't he has nothing say that to do with yet. the actor. You can only say that there's a better looking Barry Allen on TV right now. He's definitely better know. looking, but you know, uh, he, Barry... he's going to have to do a lot. The... He's going to have to do a lot. Grant Gustin is not the Flash from the comics at all. No, he's not because he's actually interesting. Barry <laughs> Allen from the comics is not fucking interesting. Oh no, he's just a Barry joker. Allen from the comics is a fucking snooze fest. He's just a joke joke fest. Is <laughs> yeah. all he really Grant is. Grant Gustin. Right? No, that you're thinking of Wally. Oh, oh, Wally's the funny one. See, that's the other difference. Most people who think of the Flash when they go back to the comics in the '90s and stuff, they're thinking of Wally. They're not thinking of Barry. Well, he's, Barry's been dead. They've since kind Christ of mixed that Earth. though. They've kind of, you know, that whole character's kind of become just one essence. Where just in general, the Flash is the jokey guy of the Justice League, right? Yes, yeah. that's Wally. Yeah. And or writers that don't know how to write Barry. <laughs> but yeah, they've got Barry a personality on the new show, which is why he's a good character. I know, it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it because I just you know me, I just love seeing fucking superheroes fuck shit up. So apparently well, the whole Superman bad guy thing is a complete bogus rumor too. Yeah, and it'll be black suit mullet Superman. That's all we're going to get. <laughs> hey, I don't think fine. we're going to see as much of the mullet as they think. Um, what did I just think of that I was going to say that you reminded me and I totally forgot and it sucks and it was another thing we were talking about, about the thing, about uh, home or no, about the Avengers trailer, something else that was seen in it. Nope, I can't find it. Sorry, kids. <laughs> that thought is lost to the ether. <laughs> it's Gone. It's totally gone. <laughs> but they also gave us what else did they give us? Uh, Mary Poppins. Oh, Mary Poppins returns. Sure. And that yeah. that uh, was a cute little uh, teaser trailer with the Emily Blunt. She looks quite lovely as the uh, as the Mary Poppins. And they they've announced so Black Panther is coming before Avengers, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Black Panther and Ragnarok are the two before. Right. I think they're the two lead ups to Avengers. And when is Avengers yeah. coming? Next year? Uh, it's, yeah, summer 2018. Everything is I think. so far away. They got to slow down. We're not going to we have get much Thor, in between. Thor is November, mm-hmm. and then Black Panther is February. It's February? In, yeah. Of course, it's Black History Month, man. Okay, that's way too oh. pre hype, man. That's way too much pre hype. So we got nothing else coming this summer. Nope. That's it. I mean,. Thor? Well, not yet for summer, no. That's yeah, November. That's yes. But that's yeah, it? Nothing... That doesn't feel right. We're missing something. 
No. What more do you had Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you had Wonder Woman, you had like you had movies. Yeah, but we're going to go through all of like July and August and without releasing a blockbuster superhero movie of some sort that doesn't sound right to me. Summer started early this year. Started in yeah. March. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, summer started with Guardians 2. Yeah. So, so yeah. We have quite <laughs> yeah, a no, week we get for Thor, right? Yeah, we get Thor, then we get Justice League, then we get Black Panther, then we get Infinity War. Mhm. Oh. And everything else is done, too. There's not a lot happening right now, kids. Uh, I've got three episodes left of this season of Gotham, and then I am caught up on all my superhero shows. You guys been watching Preacher, yeah? I don't have cable. I don't watch Preacher. Oh, I don't, I don't watch... Yeah, I've seen the first season. I haven't seen the second oh, anything of the second season. so much season better. Yet. It gets way better, Anthony. It, it goes right comic book style. It gets fantastic. Last episode especially. Really, really nice. good. I'm super, super digging this show. So uh, that's it, kids. That's our nerdy ramblings for this week. Next week, we're going to get back on the interview train. Uh, I believe Mr. Mike Ruth is going to pop by the show again. Uh, and his good friend, Rob Lance. Uh, Rob is from the Comic Connection in Oakville here. And he's just another one of them awesome comic book gurus. He's been part of the community uh, and the scene for many, many years, and dude knows his shit, so we're going to sit down, we're going to pop some tops on some pops, and uh, we're going to make some pod and talk some comic books and shit. Um, anything going on out there? Oh, here, uh, publicly live, I can thank my good friend Anthony Bachman. I forgot to totally talk about this and post about this, but I received a wonderful package in the mail on Friday uh, from my good friend Anthony Bachman, who created a very, very cool, badass little Star Wars sketchbook. Um, mm -hmm. those were your Inktober sketches? Yeah, those were, uh, Inktober sketches from 2015 and then a couple other just random Star Wars right, sketches, right, right. mostly Inktober from 2015. My favorite is still the cover, the fucking Darth Talon. <laughs> That's a badass Darth yeah, Talon. That, that one I spent some time on. I like the way that that sketch turned out, so that was one of the few that I colored. Turned out very nice. Also, uh, very kind of you to make the back cover, the piece you did for me of Salacious Crumb for the show here. You're welcome. Uh, looks I figured, yeah, to get a little advertising. Absolutely. <laughs> no, that's very, 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 very cool of you to do. Thank you so much, Anthony. You did a fantastic job on that little ash can there. Thanks, man. Uh, Anthony can be found Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, on GunnaGeek.com on all things good and nerdy. Uh, you guys also do the Google thing, so you guys can actually watch Anthony's yep. pretty face when they do that. What else yeah, we've integrated uh, we've integrated Twitch and YouTube into it as well, so all of our chat rooms are now linked. Oh, nice! What? Nice. Oh, wow! That's very, very uh, cool. That's other than that, I'm still working on a pacifist. We have um, we're going to be doing the game. Uh, damn it! It's the Gem State Gaming Convention next Saturday here in the Boise area. So for anybody that's local to me, we'll be over there with pacifist all day Saturday, doing games uh, every hour on the hour and giving out prizes. So I'm working on finishing that. I'm about, I think I'm about, I'm about to hit the 70 card point again on the the third version of the artwork that we're doing. So get, getting close to, so I'm on, I'm on track to where when the Kickstarter goes live in October, the entire deck will have all new art. Every single card will have individual specific art for it. No duplicates in the entire deck. Very so, cool. Yeah. Very very it's, cool. It, it's been it's been a hell of a run and a lot of fun, but yeah, I'll, I'll be happy when October comes and we can do the Kickstarter and I'll be done with it. <laughs> nice, nice. 
There's always an end in sight for you on something going on, Anthony Bachman. Uh, yeah, there's there's always another project somewhere. <laughs> uh, Francis Fernandez, a.k.a. the other guy, he can, well, not anymore, be found on back when we were interesting. It's over. Uh, yeah, we had our final episode a few months ago. Done. Uh, but you can still find me on Conventional Wisdom, where we talk about conventions, and there'll be a lot of coverage for San Diego. Uh, definitely, we'll have... Uh, I, we're, we're, I, we should have interviews. We should have uh, footage of parties and all sorts of events going on at the San Diego Comic-Con. I will be covering it along with uh, Mr. Josh Hawks there as well um, and a couple other people who are kind enough to help out, uh, not uh, just the show, but, you know. Just well, Shelly's going to be there as well, right? Shelly will definitely be there yeah. for sure. Yeah. So. And I, so you and Josh are both going to SDCC? Yeah, yeah. I uh, just want to give a shout out to uh, Super Geeked Up, who um, are kind of sponsoring us for this event. That's right. They I got was going to say your good friend Jeff Burns. Yeah, got us in. Uh, so we are we are definitely we are press for San Diego, which is always fun because wow, the doors that are open when you're a press, <laughs> no yeah. lines. Good no times, lines. good times indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, and you and Josh were messing around with maybe you got some kind of new show coming in some way. It's not like you guys aren't going to have a fucking podcast going on. Right? Oh, so. yeah. So that'll happen, kids. But uh, that's our Babylon for this week. Uh, <laughs> check out the Kickstarter for Happily Ever After, the graphic novel by Mr. Ricky Lima from right out of here, Toronto, Ontario, Brampton. Brampton crew, what's up? Uh, I'm just trying to think. Is there anything else? You guys know any other Kickstarters we should say that people should be bidding on? Not tons happening right now, actually. Uh, a bunch of them just ended the last couple of days yeah, that I was back yeah, in. Yeah, a lot are uh, a lot are going to just start rolling out soon because uh, I don't have any real big shows going on until mm-hmm. Fan Expo coming up, of course, in February. But then, of course, kids, you know it. We're rolling out to New York City Comic Con this year. Oh, very excited. It's kind of weird that I'm going the one year that's going to be the weird year where they're shutting half the place down and doing like a smaller artist alley because of like renovation and stuff. But whatever. I've never even been to New York City. So very Mm. stoked to be going to New York City. But uh, as for now, Anthony Francis, thank you so much, fellas. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. That's all we're going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon, kids. Take it easy.